It's the last Sunday of 2018. And it's a special Sunday here at Streamsong Church. This is the year that we had our public launch. So I'd like to take a moment and kind of celebrate that. Can I get an amen for our first year? Can I get a round of applause for the last Sunday of 2018? That was weak. This is on camera. People on the internet are going to think there's like three people here. Can we get one more shot at that? All right. You know, it's been a really good year for Streamsong Church. We've celebrated a lot of great times, really great fellowship. There's been a lot of instances where we supported one another, where we've reached out to the community, and we had our first Baptism Sunday in 2018. All fantastic things. Just a tremendous blessing. And you know, this church has been really a blessing to me and my family. You know, we've really felt love and support from the church. So we're grateful. So if anyone's here and they, they don't feel supported or connected by the church, you know, please reach out to somebody. You know, we're small. Um, we're, we're, you know, an intimate group of people. So if you want to be further connected, please reach out to somebody. We want to be a church where people grow closer to God because the local church really serves two main functions. It helps people grow closer to God and it equips people to reach people in the community that don't know Christ. Helps people grow in their faith and helps people come to faith. And there's a lot of functions that support those two main things. You know, there's discipleship, fellowship, worship, a lot of ships, a lot of ships in there. There's teaching, and there's a lot of other activities, children's ministry and things like that. But if a church isn't helping Christians grow closer to God, and it's not reaching the community, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And a lot of churches exist that do that. Too many churches become social clubs. Too many churches are focused on friendships and activities and not loving God and reaching the community. And when that happens, when, when churches lose their focus, a lot of dysfunctional behavior happens. A lot of infighting happens. A lot of people, you know, come and just do church on Sunday. And we don't want that at Streamsong. Our number one core value is being gospel-centered. And when a church is gospel-centered, it is focused on bringing people closer to Christ and equipping Christians to reach the lost, to reach the community. And while we've had a great 2018, I think it's been a great 2018 for a new church plant. We've been blessed. We can't sit here going into 2019 and settle in to just doing church, to just enjoying our friends. You know, stream song really needs to be so much more than that. Our call as a local church is so much more than that. We're not supposed to be a social network, social you know, gathering of people. 
Doylestown needs a church that is going to impact the community. It needs a church that is helping lead people to Christ. A church where the people exemplify love, exemplify God's grace, and are a testimony to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As a church, we have to strive to bring people into a deeper relationship with God. And we have to reach the community. This is what we're called to do. So today, on this glorious Sunday, it's glorious, man. It was like snowing a little bit this morning. Fantastic. The last Sunday of 2018, we're going to look at Scripture and we're going to look at Jesus as our example. And we're going to learn four things to help lead people to Christ. Four things. And these four things that we're going to find in Scripture, that we're going to see in Jesus, are we need to be a people known for good work. We need to be a people known for good work. Second, we need to seek people who don't know Jesus. We need to seek them. We need to share our time with them. Third is we need to share our time. And fourth is we need to be intentional about bringing people to faith in Christ. We're going to see these four things in the story of Zacchaeus found in Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. But before we get into Luke chapter 19, I want to provide a little context for it. You see, Zacchaeus was a very wealthy man. He's a very wealthy man. He was a chief tax collector in Jericho, which is located about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem near the Jordan River. And if you remember, if you maybe learned about it in Sunday school, uh, I didn't learn about it in Sunday school, so don't worry. I didn't go to Sunday school that much as a kid, so don't feel um, left out if you don't know this story. Uh, Jericho was the first city that the Israelites conquered when they were freed from Egypt. And that happened about 1,400 years before Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus. So the city had a, you know, a history with the Israelites. There's some historical value to Jericho. And during Jesus' ministry, during Jesus' time on earth, Jericho was known as an oasis city, like Palm Springs. And Herod the Great, the Herod that actually killed all kids, under, all boys under the age of two, when he heard about the Messiah being born, when he heard about Jesus being born, that Herod actually built his winter palace in Jericho because of its warm climate and fresh springs. So the city had some political power and influence. People of stature would go to Jericho. And also the city was very wealthy. It was a very wealthy city. It had a balsam um, industry, a thriving balsam industry, and actually um, Josephus, a, a Jewish historian, said that balsam was only found in Jericho. And it was a, uh, and, and I don't know if he, you know, that was the only place it was found. Maybe he was exaggerating a little bit. Um, but balsam was a, uh, a very aromatic plant 
that was used for medicines and fragrances. So it was very lucrative. Um, so the, the city was very wealthy. And this guy Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. So he has wealth and power in Jericho. And um, in the road going into Jericho, people who were poor, people in poverty, and people who were sick used to sit on the side of the road because these wealthy business people and politicians would go in and out of the city, so they would beg from them. So before we get into Luke chapter 19, I want to highlight a couple things in chapter 18 that kind of set the stage for Jesus' interaction with Zacchaeus. So in Luke chapter 18, if you have your Bibles or an app, you want to take a look at it. In Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9, there's a parable. It's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And in this parable, the Pharisee was self-righteous. He thought because he didn't do certain sins, he, didn't, he, he did some behaviors that he was righteous. He was in right standing with God. And he actually sat there, and he looked around, and he prayed, and he said, Lord, thank you, I'm not like these dirty sinners. And I'm giving you the Charles Daniel Blatchford version of Scripture right there in that little summary. He said, Lord, thank you, I'm not like these dirty sinners. And in this parable, let me lower this a little bit. Um, and in this parable, there's a tax collector. And the tax collector is standing further back, and he knows he's a sinner, he knows he's not righteous, and he's beating his chest. And he says, Lord, forgive me. I'm not worthy of you. I'm not worthy of you. Please forgive me for my sins. And Jesus says that this person who is sinful, recognizes his sin, and asks God to forgive his sins is more righteous than this person who doesn't sin very much. You know, maybe he doesn't sin. Uh, maybe he follows all the law. And Jesus said that the tax collector, the sinner, is more righteous than him. Next, in Luke chapter 18, I want to highlight what starts in verse 18. Luke 18, 18. And this is Jesus' interaction with the rich ruler. You see, this wealthy man came up to Jesus, and he asked him, again, the CDB version, Hey, Jesus, how do I get into heaven? And Jesus turns to him, and he basically says, Don't sin. Don't sin. Keep the law. Don't sin. And now we all know that we all sin. Especially when we were kids, I just, you know, lying and doing all types of stuff. We all sin. But this guy, this guy turns to Jesus and he says, I've kept all the law even since I was a kid. I've done it all. And Jesus, you know, likely he was lying, but, you know, Jesus said to him, Still, there's one thing you lack. There's one thing you lack. Sell all your stuff. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. And this wealthy ruler chooses his stuff over Jesus. 
He, turn, he puts his head down and he walks away. He turns his head, puts his head down and he walks away. And so his disciples are like, wow. After that, Jesus goes, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Basically saying it's impossible for a rich man to get into heaven. So his disciples are like, whew, who can get into heaven? This guy, this guy, who says he's never sinned, or he's kept all these laws his whole life, has to sell all of his stuff, give it to the poor, and then follow Jesus. Who can do that? Are there going to be like 10 people in heaven? You know, his disciples are like, what's going on? So Jesus says to him, what is impossible with man is possible with God. That's what Jesus said. What's impossible with man is possible with God. And the final thing I want to highlight before we get to Zacchaeus is chapter 18, starting in verse 35. Starting in verse 35, Jesus is walking up to the city of Jericho. As I mentioned earlier, there's people in poverty and people who have health issues on the side of the road. On the side of the road, they sit there, they're begging. And this blind man hears the commotion. He hears, you know, this crowd coming through. So he asks somebody, he's like, hey, what's going on? And so they're like, Jesus is coming through. And this guy, he must have heard about Jesus. He's like, oh, Jesus, son of David, save me, Jesus. Save me. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Starts screaming out. And Jesus, with this crowd around, he hears them, and he stops. He could have kept going, but he stopped. And he calls the guy over. He's like, hey, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for you? And the guy says, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus goes to him, recover your sight? Your faith has made you whole. He said, your faith has made you whole. And immediately, this guy was healed. He was healed. He can see. And he starts following Jesus. This guy starts following Jesus. And he starts glorifying God. Right? So this blind man can see now. He's following Christ. He's glorifying God. And people hear this. You know, there was a crowd there. So everybody's like, oh, he was healed. And everybody starts praising God. So, that's when we get to the story of Zacchaeus. There's this crowd following Jesus, walking into the city of Jericho, praising God. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read it in the ESV version. And then we're going to look at it in a little bit more detail. Luke 19. 1 through 10. It says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, 
because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He is gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You know, when we look at verse 1, it says, Jesus was passing through Jericho. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. Jesus had a mission to go to Jerusalem and die for our sins. But as we saw in chapter 18, he didn't let that big goal of being a sacrifice for our sins stop him from reaching out to people at hand. We all know in life we have things to do, we have work to do, we have things to accomplish. But the example of Christ is not neglecting the people around us and the things at hand. We need to be known for good work. Jesus didn't let his mission, his ultimate mission of dying for us and being a sacrifice for us, stop him from doing good work along the way. In chapter 18, he stopped and he healed the blind man. He was known for good work. Jesus shows us that in the midst of our days, no matter how great our mission is, no matter how big our goal is, we can't neglect our families, our neighbors, people in the community. We have to minister to people around us because it matters. We must be a people known for good work. And that's the first thing Jesus shows us in this text. Zacchaeus, this wealthy guy, wanted to see who Jesus was because Jesus was known for good work. He was known for doing good things. And you know, for us today, you know, 2019 application, doing good work means a lot of different things. It means being compassionate, being gracious, being loving, and being kind. Good work means we take a look at what's around us, we see problems, and we try to fix them. Good work means that we stand for justice in our community. But good work also means that we work with excellence 
we work with excellence at our jobs. Because our occupations are part of our ministry. You know, there's not a separation of your personal life and your spiritual life and your work life. It's all part of your ministry. Good work is working with excellence. You know, if somebody's going into work late, they leave early, and they don't strive to be the best that they could be. But people know they're a Christian. Do you think that glorifies God at work? No. No, that doesn't bring glory to God. Do you think somebody like Zacchaeus, a powerful, wealthy person, will want to hear what someone has to say if they're dogging it all the time and they're not putting in a full effort? They're not striving to be the best person they could be. Zacchaeus doesn't want to see that. Zacchaeus isn't going to make an effort to hear or spend time with someone that's not known for good work. Part of doing good work is working at our jobs with excellence. And we have to do it for our bosses, for our clients, for our coworkers. But most importantly, we have to work with excellence for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Because He is Lord and Savior over every part of our life. We have to work with excellence. So we see in chapter 18, Jesus was doing good work. And we see in 1, in verses 1 through 4 and 19, that because of this good work, Zacchaeus went to great lengths to see who Jesus was. And it was because of his reputation. In the first part of verse 5, we're going to see the second thing about reaching out to people who don't know Jesus. It says, verse 5, first part, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Jesus looked up. He looked for Zacchaeus. If you want to have an impact, if you want people to know the majesty and greatness of God, you have to look for him. You have to look for people that don't have a relationship with Jesus. Every day we encounter people that don't know God. We have to strive to have our eyes open and recognize them. We have to pray that God allows us to recognize them. And we have to take time to do that. We need to look up and notice Zacchaeus in the tree. We need to look on the side of the road for the blind person. The second thing is we need to seek people. We have to seek people. And the second part of verse 5 shows us the third thing that Jesus shows us in the scripture section. It's to share our time with people. We must share our time with people. Verse 5 says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. 
Jesus, God himself, the Lord of the universe, stopped and shared his time with Zacchaeus. A chief tax collector, a person that was despised by people in Jericho. Because, you know, tax collectors were despised by the Jews. And we see later on, uh, Zacchaeus is a descendant of Abraham. So the Jews despised tax collectors because they worked for the Roman government. So they viewed them as traitors. And Jews also despised tax collectors because they got their wealth from skimming from the top. They would collect the taxes, then they would take a portion. So they didn't work. He wasn't part of the balsam industry. He would just get his wealth from other people. So they were looked at as being crooks. But Jesus sought Zacchaeus, and he spent time with him. And verse 6 says, Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him joyfully. You see, when we're known for good works, when we seek people, when we recognize people who are searching for God, and we invite them to spend time together, we're going to have good results. Zacchaeus was happy to spend time with Jesus. He hurried down that tree to receive Christ. But you know, even when we're doing the right things, we might not always get the recognition and applause for doing the right things. There's a lot of people here in this church plant who serve faithfully week in and week out and do so many things that no one notices. And we don't get the recognition and applause. We're grateful for everyone. I'm grateful for, for everyone. I know Brian's grateful for everyone. But we don't always get the recognition and applause. But we can't worry about that stuff when we're doing God's work. It happened to Jesus, and it'll happen to us. In verse 7, it says that when the crowd saw Christ going to Zacchaeus' house, they grumbled that Jesus was a guest at the house of a sinner. You know, the crowd didn't recognize what Jesus was doing. Jesus wasn't going to Zacchaeus' house because he wanted to sleep on a nice bed. He wanted to eat a good meal. Or he wanted to watch the game on a big screen TV. He wasn't going to Zacchaeus' house for comfort. He was going to Zacchaeus' house to transform him, to change his life. And he was with his disciples. In this process, he was showing other people how to do this. He was being an example for them so they could do it in the future. If there's ever anything ministry-related, you're reaching out to people. It's always good to be with other Christians. Accountability and discipleship. Jesus sent people out in groups of two. He sent his disciples out in groups of two. You know, but the crowd, when they saw Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, they could have been jealous. 
Maybe that's why they're angry. I wanted Jesus to stay at my house. You know, I want him to, you know, turn water into wine or something. They could have hated Zacchaeus. They could have hated him. And they didn't want Jesus over there. Or, or they could have thought Zacchaeus was too far gone. It was just a waste of Jesus' time. But you know, there is hope for everyone. There is hope for everyone. But the only way we can be effective in those relationships is if we do the fourth thing that Christ shows us. That's be intentional. We have to be intentional in these relationships. We see Christ was intentional and he transformed the blind man. Christ was intentional and he transformed Zacchaeus. He transformed him. Verse 8 says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. He was transformed. Unlike that rich ruler in chapter 18, Zacchaeus chose Jesus over his wealth. And imagine the impact in Jericho. Imagine the ripple effect in Jericho for someone of great wealth and great influence like Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector coming to Christ, giving half his stuff to people in need. Jesus gave salvation to Zacchaeus. And he can give salvation and transform people in our lives when we follow him and we follow his example. Verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Well, listen, as a church plant, just in general, we're coming into a new year. And during 2019, each one of us will encounter thousands of people who don't know God. We will interact with thousands of people, many of which are seeking God like Zacchaeus did. They're seeking. And all they need is to be formally introduced to Christ. We can be those people that introduce people to Jesus. And we don't have to be weird about it. It doesn't have to be awkward. We just follow Christ's example. First, be a people known for good works. Second, look out for people who don't know Jesus. Third, share our time with them. Share a meal, play a board game, grab a cup of coffee. Share time. And lastly, be intentional about bringing people to faith. You know, if we don't have the exact words, we can invite people to church. We can invite them to a small group. We just have to be intentional.
pray to God for His guidance and be intentional. The story of Zacchaeus shows us it doesn't matter if someone is rich or poor. They need Jesus. And Jesus can transform them. The story of Zacchaeus shows us that we can reach Doylestown. We can reach this community. Wealth and comfort is not an obstacle for Jesus. Everyone needs him. And people can be transformed. You know, if you came this morning, and maybe you're like Zacchaeus, maybe a friend or a family member, you know, you like, you've seen them do good works, brought you here today. And you're coming to church like Zacchaeus got in the sycamore tree to kind of see what it's all about. I want to tell you that Jesus is better than you could ever imagine. He is greater than you could have ever imagined. He is good. And He can give you a, a peace. He can give you peace and comfort beyond your wildest dreams, no matter the difficulties. Jesus can fill that emptiness inside. And it doesn't matter what you've done wrong, what you're struggling with, or any problems or difficulties you have. Jesus loves you. And if you want to make him Lord and Savior of your life, it's simple. You just have to ask. Like that tax collector in the parable. You just say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me, Lord, and be Lord of my life. It's that simple. Jesus came to seek and save the lost.